welcome to Dot Materials. I'm Faye. Hi. And I'm Rachel. Hello. This is a podcast where we're reading through and discussing Philip Pullman's His Dot Materials novels, a chapter at a time, spoiler free. In this episode, we are talking about chapter 32 of The Amber Spyglass, Morning. I just want to actually check if it is 32. It is, right? Yeah. Because in my notes, I've put 31, but it's definitely 32. Yes, we're here. We're 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 so professional as always. Mm -hmm. Know exactly what we're doing. Yeah. We are. Well, we're back from our little break. We were already back from the break, but now we're like actually back from the break physically as well, (laughs) being as the last episode we recorded before we took a week off. So properly back. I've come back. With a fun little cold that I picked up in Scotland. So if I sound a bit croaky, forgive me. We might have some fun emphasis happening on words if my if my voice betrays me. Yeah, interesting. I felt like a little bit off, but I managed to escape whatever whatever you picked up in Scotland. Yeah, despite being trapped in the car with me when I was a snot monster. <laughs> so grim. Yeah. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Every now and then, Rich was just sat in the back and you could just hear like a... Or a little elephant uh, blowing their nose. That's what she sounds like when she blows Look, her nose. I'm a very elephant. elegant, actually, and very classy. And I definitely don't sound like an elephant or a malefa when I blow my nose. <laughs> no, no. I think malefa would sound more elegant, to be honest. Although you did call them, what did you call them? Something monsters? Elephant monsters? Was that what you called them? I did. I'm so yeah. sorry. <laughs> Uh, But yeah, we went to Scotland and we went to, you might have seen on social media, uh, the Pine Martin Bar, which was recommended by our patron Emily because she went, I think, like a few weeks before, like a month before or something. And it just, when Emily posted the picture in the Discord, I was like, oh, I'll look to see where that is. And it just so happened to be right at one of the places we were going to, like a one minute walk. So I was like, oh, hell yeah, we'll definitely go there. Mm-hmm. It's right next to Loch Morlick Beach, I think it's mm-hmm. Morlick, um, which is a lovely beach where we met and fed some ducks, probably illegally fed the ducks, but they loved it. It was great. Yeah. Nothing brings me more joy than like handing a tiny bit of food to a duck, like from, from my actual hand. It's like, you trust me, you love me. It's and then so they started great. mobbing people next to us. <laughs> who were trying to just like get have their picnic and we were like I'm not I'm not sorry <laughs> we definitely started a duck mob and we were just like oopsie oops sorry about it it was great we had a had a bloody great time in Scotland yeah I want to explore it more I've always heard it's beautiful but I've only ever been to I think we're similar in that we've only ever really been to Edinburgh so it's nice to see the highlands for sure it was a lot of driving none of which I did because I still can't drive whoop, whoop, even though I'm learning um, so yeah Faye did a great job doing a ton of driving and Faye's partner did a bunch of driving and we just I was just driven around the highlands to like various yes. points of interest and locks and mountains and stuff and it was lovely <laughs> yes and now we're back very much so I've had a couple of days basically just chilling in bed because I've been so broken. Summer's giving us one final kick up the bum before we hit autumn. Honestly. Having that classic beginning of September heatwave right in time for everyone, all the kids going back to school. I thought that we'd escaped because obviously last year it was awful. And I mean, touch wood, I've not seen anything about 
the UK going up to like 40 degrees, but I thought we'd escaped any of that. And now it's supposed to be like 30 degrees this week. And I'm like, ah, no. I literally just bought a very nice cozy jumper while we were in Scotland yes. another very nice cozy jumper that arrived while I was in Scotland and I'm not going to be able to wear either of them for a good few weeks yet so I know I say it every I've, we've been doing this podcast for nearly four years and I say it every summer but I just get so mad that we don't have air conditioning here because I went to Florida I went on a cruise around Florida like a few weeks ago oh yeah tell us about your oh holidays. yeah it was great <laughs> it was really good and it was like so fucking hot it was like 36 degrees but like really humid so it feels like 40 odd or whatever because you're so sweaty but then there's aircon so like me I'm really really struggle in the heat as in like health wise like it's not just like oh I'm really hot and I'm sweaty and I'm uncomfortable it's like no no my health like literally deteriorates when it's too hot but when I was in Florida it's like I can just go back to my room and it's fucking freezing because it's the aircon and that I'm fine so it's like in little in little bits I can handle it but here there's no escape from it now I've had to close the window to record this podcast and I hate it and I feel like we've truly well and truly cemented ourselves if anyone's ever doubted how British we are the fact that we spent 80% of our podcast episodes discussing the weather before we talk about this book honestly (laughs) look it's just very changeable yes look global warming is happening and it's scary I think that's why I particularly talk about the weather a lot recently is because it's actually kind of terrifying. It should not be, especially last year when it got up to like 40 degrees in the UK, it should not be that hot here. That is ridiculous. And it just terrifies me. Fun. Mm-hmm. Fun, fun, fun. What is actually fun though is the fact that your neighbour's dog has a tiny paddling pool yeah. and that you can hear him splashing around outside. Yeah, and he's massive. He's a German shepherd who's got this tiny little paddling pool and I can just hear him splashing around and then his owner shouting at him for like doing that thing that dogs do where they try and get like all the water out of the pool. Oh my God. <laughs> too cute. Well, yes. But yes, anyway, what do we have to what do we have to tell people? Buy some merch. Yes, buy some merch. Please. Please. We Please. are approaching these are like the crunch months if we want to get orders in, definitely, definitely in time for we're like we're hitting September. Spooky season and the holiday season are approaching and like as we know, shipping can get horrible in December. So if you're fancying buying something for someone as a festive present, sooner rather than later, babies absolutely absolutely get those orders in get those orders in we've got some cool merch i would sing the merch song but i don't think anyone needs (laughs) a little croaky merch song (laughs) hey faye hi what would your demon have been this week so my demon in honor of scotland and the pine martin bar it's gonna be a pine martin Yeah. yeah nice yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally for that reason, because I, I also think they're obviously very cute, but it would have been nice if you think about all the trees that we walked through when we were in Scotland to have a little pine martin like running along the branches. Yeah, yeah so many places we walked, I was thinking, yeah, this is perfect for pine martins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, very cute. Yeah. What about you? What would your demon be? Also, in honour of having been in Scotland for a little bit, I was debating between... A Highland cow because yes. we didn't see as many as we should have. We didn't, and I just—they're so cute. And I keep getting TikToks, but I think it's because TikTok knows I was in Scotland. I just keep getting TikToks of like Highland cows, like running along, and like they just look so happy and bouncy and fluffy and cuddly. But then, because it's so bloody hot this week, 
I'm like, oh, maybe instead I want to have like a lock seal. Maybe one of the seals that pretends to be Nessie. Yes, cute. Because we did go to the Loch Ness Monster experience. We did. Oh my God. We needed to kill an hour in the rain and that hour was killed. (laughs) Do you know what? I said it when we got out of it. The level of... um, The production value. Yes, exactly right. The production value was great. David Tennant narrates it. Yeah. If you want to go and just like walk around and basically watch a bunch of PowerPoints narrated by David Tennant, it's perfect. And themed, different themed rooms. It's I great. did feel at one point like they were smushing my dreams, telling me all of the Loch Ness Monster hoaxes. Yeah. So maybe if you want to actually still believe in Nessie with a minimal effort. Skip the last room. Don't do the last room. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think a little, a little Loch Harbour seal situation. A little freshwater seal. Cute. Swim in from the sea, bob around, trick some tourists, enjoy being cool in the cold, cold waters of Loch Ness, which is like five degrees. Like that actually sounds great today. <laughs> yes, it does. I was going to say, if you picked the Highland cow, you'd have to do your cow impression, obviously. That was, I was like, do I, or do I do a cow or a sheep? We spent the entire car journey just anytime we saw a field of sheep doing a sheep impression. Mine is not very good. Mine is not good either. Yours is great. Yours is a little lamb and you just sound like you're having a really weird laugh. Yeah. And then Faye's partner's is like weirdly accurate, like disturbingly accurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His cow impression is also incredible. It's like he spent a lot longer practicing those than either of us ever have. You know what? Probably because he's done a lot of long drives by himself for work. So I would not be surprised. <laughs> And that's a vibe. We appreciate that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got to keep from losing your mind in the car somewhere or another, haven't you? Exactly. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I'm now like, will will listeners be annoyed if we don't show off our sheep impressions? But also, we don't need that. No, it'll definitely peak our mics as well. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you do it, do it into the room. <laughs> do you know what? We'll just leave them guessing. Okay. Yeah. Become mm-hmm. a patron, patrons. <laughs> patrons will get voice notes of our sheep and cow impressions oh my god i am fully up for doing like a patreon post where we we do our cow and sheep impressions and then we'll get matt to do his as well yeah and then just no context no post it on the patreon feed and only people who are up to date will understand what the heck is happening yeah Yes. Yes, I'm down for that. Well, that's all. Become a patron <laughs> if you want to hear animal yeah. impressions. And if there are any other animal impressions you want to hear as attempts, send in your request. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> oh. Okay, shall we get into this episode? We shall. Last chapter, almost everyone we know and had strong feelings about died in some way. Coulter and Azrael dragged Metatron into the abyss to spend eternity falling forever. Lyra and Will released the authority from his crystal cage only for him to disintegrate a very anticlimactic end for an all-powerful being. We lost Tally and Sally, RIP, but Bear Dad, Balloon Dad and Daddy Drops came back for their final farewells and to help the kids rescue their demons and escape to safety. In this chapter, Lyra and Will find themselves in the Malefa world with Mary, where they have some food and a well-needed rest. Mary travels with the Malefa to discover the window where the stream of ghosts are escaping the land of the dead. Here we are in this episode. It's a lot lot more chill and calmer than uh, the last one. It is. It's much more chilled. It's much more calm. I'm appreciating it. I've needed that. 
I don't I don't need to be stressed out anymore. And it's very low stress and I'm here for it. I agree. I agree. Would you like to have a guess what the picture is? Ooh, what happens this chapter? Um Is it like a little scene of the Malefa village by the lake? So I kind of it's again, Phil phoned it in a little bit. Okay. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> it is landscape based, I think. It's just like <laughs> some grass, I guess. Uh, fair enough. Very yeah. idyllic of him. Yeah. Yeah. Just some grass. Maybe I'll just draw grass for the episode. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Treat no, yourself. In the last chapter, I went to the whole whole effort of drawing three entire beings falling. <laughs> you did. Which was difficult. Mm-hmm. So, come on, Phil, step it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you right? 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, tell me. Tell me about this quote. What is lovely and fun and easy for me, and I'm appreciating it, is this is another quote from the exact same stanza yes. of the same poem as the last chapter and the abyss. Love it. So this is from America A Prophecy by William Blake. Um, so the if you remember the last chapter, Authority's End and the Abyss, which was chapter 26, um, both had two lines that went together. But this um, little segment, which is, the morning comes, the night decays, the watchmen leave their stations is how that stanza begins. For empire is no more and now the lion and the wolf shall cease is how that stanza finishes. And this is how it begins. And if you want to hear me read it out in full in a non-croaky voice, you can skip back to chapter 26 because I read out the entire stanza in my little spiel in that episode. So very minimal work for me this episode. (laughs) Well done, Pashu. You did future use work. Love that. It's almost like I should have looked these all up before we started doing the podcast and made all these links. But it's kind of nice to do it in the moment and go, oh, yeah, I recognise that. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. So it's interesting that he's pulled three quotes from the same stanza of this big epic William Blake poem situation. Um, And also how that kind of links these chapters together, I guess, in a way, because obviously it made a lot of sense to link the abyss to authority's end with the way that we were discussing the abyss and how it was functioning what it was going to be foreshadowing for how authority's end goes as a chapter but how that then links into this chapter is interesting i guess because like the stanza itself is kind of a description of like what happens after after they've won after the battle is done it's very much and people are coming out of the shadows and experiencing freedom for the first time etc etc and so i feel like that maybe is kind of where this chapter is at and that's why he's picked this also you know nice and easy the chapter's called morning it begins with morning yeah i mean like one of my first notes about this chapter is one of the things i like the most and i think we talked about it during the tv series and we talked to a number of people that were involved in the tv series about this very point is that the story doesn't end with the battle and that's kind of rare i mean like sometimes you'll get like little epilogues or like curders on the end that's like oh we had this big battle and now here's like a little bit of the aftermath but it's always like directly related to the aftermath whereas you know no spoilers but there's definitely still another story to tell here another part of the story to tell before we end because we know that because we've still got like six or seven chapters to go and if it was just like an epilogue being like oh cool look what everyone's doing now it wouldn't be six chapters long although i'd be into that i'm never i'm never ready to be finished with a book when a book finishes (laughs) 
Same. <laughs> so yeah, I, I've always liked that Phil that Phil did that. Yeah, it's really nice. And we kind of open in this um, just very idyllic setting. There's lots of descriptions of all of the colours. It's very multicoloured. It's very rainbow. It's very sweet. There's all these descriptions of how everything is alive, how everything is moving and making sounds, except for the boy and the girl. Again, with his very like simple Mm -hmm. description of something very matter-of-factly, but that makes it feel so... I guess it makes it feel like a story beyond the characters themselves if that makes sense when he does this it's like the boy the girl they're just archetypes in that sense yeah yeah, in yeah. that moment for sure i love that this chapter starts with a mention of lee uh, because yes. we just lost him again just a little gut punch yes there's a lot of like descriptors like descriptions in this chapter like you just mentioned and i think again that's like a clever way of phil being like yeah we've just had this like really chaotic battle where we didn't actually spend a lot of time describing things because there was too much going on and it was so chaotic and now here we are in this very simple moment where you could just say lyra and will are asleep and it's nice outside or you know something better along those lines but no that was perfect perfection fade don't thank you, you worry. thank you <laughs> natural talent thank you <laughs> but yeah phil's decided to you know really go in on the little details of being in an idyllic space because we have Lyra a little bit later on saying like, oh, it's good. The world is good, that kind of thing. So we are really getting spoon fed that this is great. We're we're in a good place here. Yeah. And the description again of how lovely everything is and then how absolutely haggard the two of them are is so much. Um, In fact, I might even even read it just so we can appreciate how haggard these Mm -hmm. kids are. They were so still, so pale that they might have been dead. Hunger had drawn the skin over their faces. Pain had left lines around their eyes and they were covered in dust and mud and not a little blood. And from the absolute passivity of their limbs, they seemed in the last stages of exhaustion. I always really appreciate when writers take the time to do that, take the time to actually show how much of an impact what they've been through has had on them. And I think that you really see that this chapter. I think the only other book that I vividly remember this being done in is The Hunger Games, uh, where Katniss, her arm is like heavily scarred from where she rips the like tracking device. She's deaf in one ear from like uh, explosions. Like, And that book really goes into just how much of an impact it's had on her. And I love it because it's like they've been through so fucking much that there's there's got to be some lasting damage here, physical and emotional. Yeah, for sure. It's not like that classic. Um, I think Buffy could be considered to be a little bit guilty of this in terms of like, oh, she's been fighting. You've seen her get punched in the face 15 times and she's got just a tiny little cut next to one eyebrow. But it, it's, it's fashionable. Yes. And like, obviously... Buffy's a slayer of course she's not going to get a scratch but there's like a tendency to do that in so many films or like oh no this like massive shoulder wound that had stopped me from moving half an hour ago I'm managing to like fight the bad guy with it now oh 100% and like Phil's really good at not letting those things drop in these books like the fact that Will's fingers are bleeding again yes after we thought that we'd seen the end of his hand trying to fall off the fact that it's they're not recovering from these injuries they're not just miraculously being like oh and it just doesn't bother me because time passed it's like no no unless something is done about again unless they get some goddamn rest they're gonna still be pretty fucked up yeah 100 percent. yeah i mean to be fair though like these first couple of pages of this chapter are very much just long descriptions of will and lyra waking up 
uh, the the bit I get the important bit to call out and the bit that makes me sad is that they make Little Graves Italian Sally. Oh, it really, that feels like such a um, Northern Lights Lyra moment as well. Because if you remember when she um, scratches onto the coin for the fish boy. Yeah. And like, she like has a real thing about like giving reverence to people after death in a way that's just like it really tugs your heartstrings when like especially someone so young because we know she's about 12 and a half nearly 13 um has that level of like depth and the same with will like the fact that lyra puts that stone they've already buried them that's like very basic respect level the fact that lyra then puts the little little flat rock in as a headstone and then when she comes back from having had a bath will's carving their names into it with the knife it shows like that little beautiful flashback to book one lyra moment of like that little heart of that kid that like wants to pay that reverence and has this like grand like sentimentality to her and then the fact that will mirrors that in that Mm -hmm. moment is so gorgeous yeah it's so sweet and also it's just so devastatingly sad because these children should not be burying anyone they are 12 13 at most like it's just all the stuff that they've been through is just fucking horrific Mm -hmm. one thing i did want to call out that i think is like maybe the paragraph before that is again we get this uh phil's classic trope of describing the physicality of will when lyra's looking at him and lyra when will's looking at her so before will wakes up we get presently she rolled over and saw will still fast asleep his hand had bled a lot his shirt was ripped and filthy his hair was stiff with dust and sweat she looked at him for a long time at the little pulse in his throat at his chest rising and falling slowly at the delicate shadows his eyelashes made when the sun finally reached them and this is my favorite bit he murmured something and stirred not wanting to be caught looking at him she looked the other way at the little grave they'd dug the night before and i can just imagine her being like oh, just like looking away really suddenly don't be creepy don't yeah. be creepy <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so great nothing weirder than waking up and someone be like oh she's watching me sleep <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly exactly also because i goddamn know how weird i look when i sleep so absolutely not nobody needs to stare at me while i'm just like mouth open same that's why i took myself away and i'm like don't look at me i will turn the opposite <laughs> way to what you are facing you do curl up in a little ball i do i'm a sweet baby angel because i know i sleep with my mouth wide open i don't think anyone should see that <laughs> nobody should be subjected to that (laughs) yes very sweet we get what lyra sneaks off while will is still sleeping there is a little moment when she first opens her eyes and she's whispering for pan and it appears that there's no sign of him uh lyra sneaks off for the most satisfying bath that has ever been described truly do you know because it's hot now i want that I want it so bad. It's just perfect because like, especially because we've just had the description, lovely scenery, grimy children. And now she gets to like wash all the grime off and like feel fresh after having been through so much. Do you know, this is so funny. It's such a fucking hilarious comparison to draw like it's in any way similar. But it did remind me of when we got back from Downward. (laughs) We were very dusty. So I've never wanted a shower more in my life than that point because we we got back so late we were debating whether to just go to bed and I'm like I have to shower I feel so disgusting I think I can top it Ooh, okay. in when we went to Canada in 2019 we had like a stint of camping and there was like three campsites that we went to where there was no shower facilities and we'd been like one of them was like a camp like a half tent half cabin situation 
uh, with like a wood burner so we got really like everything smelled like campfire mm-hmm. smoke we've been cooking on a campfire so we all smelled like campfire smoke we were all a bit muddy i had like my hair was just i'd learned to french plait my hair specifically for that holiday because i knew i wasn't gonna be able to wash it for like so long mm-hmm. and i was gonna be so gross and we went to we were driving through jasper and we went to the jasper lodge which is like a fancy hotel mm-hmm fancy hotel spa swimming pool we just went in to get a drink and like sit in the sit in the warm sit so sit on a comfy seat we were like just just get an alcoholic drink sit on a comfy seat mm-hmm. just chill for a minute and then we looked out the window and we saw that they had like a swimming pool that was both like indoors and outdoors and we were like oh, we could use the pool and we went and looked at how much it cost to like go and use the pool facilities i realized that they also had like a little spa situation <laughs> and we were like oh, we can we can shower, we can wash, and we can blow dry our hair. <laughs> and it was like this like hallelujah moment where we realized that we could go for a nice swim in this like yes. pretty setting. But most importantly, we could all have a shower, like a proper hot shower. Oh my God. Yeah. It was ridiculous. I could not do that. After like festivals and stuff, I just can't camp anymore. I'm just like... It's I- like the um, Burning Man thing that's going oh, on at God, the moment. Yeah. Have you seen that with yeah. all the mud? And how like the mud's like, it's like special desert mud that like cakes differently. And also like if you walk on it when it's not wet mud, it like sucks all the moisture out of your skin and like cracks your feet open. Oh Did you know God, that? Oh my God, no, I didn't. I know that they were telling people to not move or like go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like shelter in place. Fucking hell. Yeah, it's wild. But yeah. I mean, they're going to need a good old shower when yes. I get home. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. So, Lyra has the most satisfying bath of her life. She does, yes. yes. Um, <laughs> and they, they don't know where their demons are, but they know that they're close. They have like a, a little bit of a conversation mm-hmm. about that. And they're both really tentative about calling Will's demon his demon because Will's mm-hmm. just like the other one. And then Lyra's like, you're... And then she then she stops herself from saying demon and says something else instead. So they're both... I wonder whether they're like, oh, I don't want to officially say it, just in case that's not what it is, even though we obviously know that's yeah. what it is. And also because she doesn't have a name. So it's mm. like he they're referring to Pan by name and then she just doesn't have a name. So there's that like stopping point there to be like, oh, I don't... What, what do we call her? Yeah. Um, I love that when Lyra gets... I wonder if... It's very pointedly mentioned that when Lyra comes back from having had her little swim and her little um, wash, that Will is sat staring out at the plane in the same way that she yes, was that morning. Yes, and yes, like yes. very pointedly, Will is staring not at Lyra mm-hmm. as she's having her swim and having her wash. And I'm like, I wonder if he, like, book one, like the monkey yeah. and Pan looking away from her while she was bathing because she's a growing girl. Mm-hmm. Like if it was at that similar moment of like, oh gosh, don't look, don't look. Or whether he was like... Uh, oops <laughs> so like yeah. just very aware of himself like I'm going to look very pointedly at this view <laughs> yes yeah 100% 100% yeah um, I do like the little paragraph about Lyra and Pan playing hide and seek when they were younger it's very cute it's very yeah. cute and how she could always find him yeah and just the interestingness of like she could always feel where he was and she can't feel that anymore, but she can still feel something because they they both discuss how it doesn't feel as horrendous as when they were like separated before. They know mm-hmm. that they're close, but she just I guess the I guess the bond has been weakened somewhat. Yeah. Like she can't it's yeah, it's it's changed flavour. She can't pinpoint where Pan is, she can't feel what he's feeling in the same way. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but it's nice that they know that they're safe because they're together, or they kind of hint yeah. that they're safe because they're together. That's very cute. Very sweet. Very sweet. It's yeah. They're trying to like reconfigure what happened last night, and there is a big point of Lyra being like, "Oh, we all just jumped through the window," and I was trying to look back through to see Yorick and Mister Scoresby, and like I didn't see where. And then just the fact that she's still trying to look back to say a final goodbye to her friends, yeah. like, "Oh, oh, Lyra, so cute." Um, and then they start to hear some some noises, some rumbling, and they uh, they see like something on the horizon, which we are immediately just like, oh, it's a malefa. Mm-hmm. Here they come. Yeah, here they come. And some wonderful, some humans seeing malefa for the first time. Descriptions will ensue, and I love it. Um, before I mean, before we get to that, I do enjoy. Well, I say enjoy. But I had a, a sticker that just says, oh, poor babies. Because Will's first in- instinct is to be like, well, fuck's sake, if I've got to fight them, at least let me have some fucking water first. I'm just like, yeah. oh, that's her first instinct. Let me go and have a quick wash before I get in another fight. Yeah, that's her first in- instinct because they've been in so many fights recently. It's just like, oh, yeah. more fighting. They're still in peril mode. Yeah. Like you can tell that because Will won't throughout the chapter is like always very aware of where the knife is. And yes. like up until True. up until they actually meet Mary, I think he's still he's quite on edge or until they're actually riding the Malefa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I love this description partly because it confirms some things for me. It was possible to see the individuals now. The group or herd or gang was about a dozen strong and they were moving, as Lyra had said, on wheels. They looked like a cross between antelopes and motorcycles. Um, but they were stranger than that and they had trunks like small elephants. Confirmation, the Malefa are a bike gang. Absolutely. They've been described as a gang. They've been described as motorcycles now. Yeah. It's official. <laughs> it is official. It's official. Yes. I feel like this description is a lot more helpful than the actual... Do you know when Phil went really deep into like the anatomy of them? Because that's really hard to visualise. But saying they're like kind of a cross between motorbikes and antelopes with trunks, <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I can kind of visualise that. Yeah, I think in the illustrated copy of the Amber Spyglass yes. that we have, um, the drawings, the etchings of the Malefa that are in there are very much antelope meets motorcycle. Yes. I can tell that this is the description that um, that the illustrator like focused on as opposed to some of the other weirder ones. <laughs> For sure, yeah. For sure. Again, we need to pick them a biker gang name. Oh, yeah. Angels, Atal's Angels. Mm. We need more suggestions, please let us know. More. Because I will draw us. I will draw us a Malefa Motorbike merch gang team. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But, like, you know, they're the the nice kind of biker gang that I'm sure. Oh my God, I feel like I've already discussed this on the podcast before, but there was a great podcast episode about a biker gang that went around delivering breast milk to mothers that struggled with breastfeeding. And there's like a breast milk delivery service. I think you did. because like then I'm like you can donate it if you mm-hmm. like produce too much and there's people that can't produce and, ki- and like babies that need it and there's, there's like biker gang signed up to do deliveries around a city because it was really hard to deliver oh. and I was like what that's so cute yeah I think you did mention that because then I think I brought up the the biker gang that's in Bob's Burgers yeah I was literally thinking about that as well <laughs> yeah uh, we are here for it so yeah. awesome it is <laughs> so Lyra uses the alethiometer and she manage, manages to use it this time but we still get little a little note about how oh it's been difficult for her to read it before and it's still quite difficult now I think it says 
Um, instead of darting like a bird from one foothold to the next, she moved hand over hand for security, but the meaning was there as solid as ever and she understood what it was saying. Um, it's very convenient that she can read it without any problems when we need to know. You know, like when it's an important plot point, it's like, yeah, she can read it. Mm-hmm. Although I do guess, I guess she's still kind of in fight or flight mode, but she's had more sleep than the last time she True. tried to read it. She's in a calmer situation than the last time she tried to read it. So, like, that probably helps. Very true, very true. Also, it does say that Dr. Malone is there and yeah. the alethiometer indicates Dr. Malone clearly, although, of course, it couldn't give her a name. What symbols do we think mean Mary Malone? Well, for that, I'd have to actually know all of the symbols on the alethiometer, which I definitely do not know. Um, you need to look at your T-shirt, girl. <laughs> I know. All right, it's in my drawer. I'll just go and look at it. Uh, I've got, I've got it on the front of my book. Oh yeah, you have, haven't you? Um, I think there's a honey pot because mm. she's sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Is that one that represents science? Uh, there's the crucible, mm. which I guess is like a little cauldrony, sciencey thing. Yeah. So I feel like maybe honeypot crucible and then like maybe the mother, there's the like mm. mother and baby, or is it the mother or is it the baby or are they both? But that because she is, she is all of that mom. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, that's a good shout. Like the sweet science mom. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Sweet science definitely mom. that. Mm-hmm. Every, um, I mean, everybody yes. lets know what you think the alethiometer symbols are for Mary. Uh, I'd yeah. be interested to see what everyone else thinks, but I think that's a good shout for sure. I think so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lyra is so excited that it's Mary, but she's also like, what the fuck? <laughs> How the hell did you get here? Yeah. <laughs> How the hell is Mary here? And I wanted to call out something about another description of the Malefa from Lyra's perspective or Lyra and Will's perspective, depending on how you want to read it. Some of the creatures had gone to the pond to drink. The others waited, but not with the mild passive curiosity of cows gathering at a gate. These were individuals, lively with intelligence and purpose. They were people. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, is vindication for you. When you were like, oh, people aren't don't have to be humans. And I was like, mm, maybe they yes. do. They are people. Mm-hmm. And it also, does that mean that it's less weird that Mary and Nicole um, has vibes? Because they're people. They're people. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, so I guess then there's like a whole bunch of like descriptions of them riding the Malefa to go and see Mary. Yes. Number one, the Malefa are like comfy chairs. Yeah. With a bit of squish. How? Appreciate that. No idea. <laughs> Somehow you can have stirrups but no saddle. I cannot visualize that. Can't visualize yeah. it at all. Mm-mm. But it sounds great. Mm-hmm. The descriptions are amazing. I love how Lyra just like gets into it. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. There's a quote uh, uh, like fractions before this mm-hmm. about how um neither of like Lyra's ridden a bear, Will's ridden a bike, neither of them have ridden a horse, and that's yes. kind of the closest thing. But at the same time I'm like, also Will's ridden a bear. And you can't say that Lyra hasn't like I feel like riding a bear is just as difficult because like Yorick is so wide. There's so yeah. many descriptions of how wide Yorick is. I feel like they're gonna do pretty well. Yeah. Um but um it took Will and Lyra a while to get used to the living impulse of the muscles and the shuddering under the hard wheels on the hard stone. Lyra found it more difficult than Will at first because she'd never ridden a bicycle and she didn't know the trick of leaning into the corner, but she saw how he was doing it and soon she was finding the speed exhilarating. And I love it. I love the descriptions of how fast they're moving. Mm -hmm. And I would like to say 
at the His Dark Materials theme park, I will go on the Malefa ride. Yes, me Thank too. Thank you very much. Me too. It feels like it's going to be really, really fun. And that also, of course, sent me off on a tangent on, on the His Dark Materials theme park, what other rides would there be? <laughs> Can we think of some? There would be a like scary horror-esque ride about like spectres, whether you're like flying mm. with them or trying to get away from them. Yes. Um, Do you think you would have like a ghost ghost train that goes through the world of the dead? Yes. Although it would be a very boring train. Yeah, true. We might have to spice <laughs> that one up a little bit. Yeah. You do like all the different stages of the land of the dead, I yes. guess. Like we could through. do like a lazy river in the Malefa world. <gasps> that would be so nice. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what else? Maybe morbid, but... Could you do one of like t- a Tower of Terror situation where you go really high up and then drop for the abyss? I was literally just going to say the same thing, but <laughs> what if you did that? Mine's even worse with Roger in the cage and the f- <laughs> him falling off the cliff. No, <clears throat> that is so dark. Can't you- right, mm-hmm. right. You could have like um, what's the game? We did like a silly shooting game in. Six Flags when we went that was like I don't know DC themed um, yes but you could do that except for instead of shooting stuff you're like throwing peach pits at scholars yes yeah, that would be a cute like a coconut shy mm-hmm. base scholars and peach pits mm-hmm. that could also be in like that could be put in with a ride about like running over the rooftops and stuff like that maybe something oh, that like simulates that you'd have like an Oxford rooftops like adventure playground yes and that would be in like the Oxford zone, which would be the kids' zone, because mm-hmm. that would be throwing peach pits at scholars, climbing on the rooftops, and having like adventure playground things. And then you just like the age groups go up as you get to the more extreme rides, because like the third book has the most extreme rides. We could do a Lee's balloon ride. <gasps> that would be so nice. Yeah, but it depends if you want it to be nice, or it depends if you want it to get a bit thrilling when the cliff gas like drag Lyra out of it, oh, or when Lyra yeah. falls out. You could do both. Yeah. You could have a Lee's balloon ride like in the kids section. Yeah. It's just like you can control if the balloon goes up or down and it's cute. Yes. And then you could have the like thrill ride balloon in a tornado situation. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Obviously, you'd have to have a ride Yorick. Yes, of course. Of like course. you'd have a whole Svalbard section. Yes, absolutely. And maybe that's where you could have like a medieval times style like eating at dining area mm-hmm. where people dressed as bears can fight each other in the <laughs> middle while you're eating your dinner and pretending to be part of the bear court. Excellent. Yes, absolutely. And just anyone that wants to finance his dark materials land. We have so many ideas. So many ideas. I didn't realise I would have so many ideas. They just came out of me. Right? <laughs> right. Oh. So just before the bit that you were just talking about where it's they describe it as like riding a bike and it's very exhilarating. Um there was a quote that I wanted to pull out um, that I liked. They were talking about the roads. So the road was more like a watercourse than a highway because in places it broadened into wide areas like small lakes and at others it split into narrow channels only to combine again unpredictably. It was quite unlike the brutal, rational way roads in Will's world sliced through hillsides and leapt across valleys on bridges of concrete. This was part of the landscape, not an imposition on it. Yeah, I yeah. like that a lot. Me too, me too. I love that Phil always kind of subtly and sometimes not so subtly just like shits on our world it's deserved Mm -hmm. it is very much like i mean we do love a bridge we know this we do like bloody loves a bridge yeah but it does um it says a lot about what phil thinks about our infrastructures and stuff and how we don't we tend to work against nature instead of with it yes Um, for sure and again it's such a 
such a Malafa vibe. They love to work with nature. They work with what they've got. They and what they've got is volcano roads. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when they're riding on the Malefa, it's like super noisy and they can't speak. So they're just like pointing stuff out. Uh, I had a note that was like, it's a bird. I hope the birds that they're seeing is not, they're not the fucking horrible bastard birds, but they wouldn't be because I guess they'd attack them if they were. Yeah, they sound smaller and nicer. Yeah. And I want to meet this big fat blue lizard that is like just chilling on the path. It sounds so cute. Yeah, it does. Um, also, Phil mentions a bluff a lot of times this chapter. I don't know what that is, and I didn't Google it. Um, I believe it's just like a sticky out bit on a hill. Oh, okay. Which makes me, because isn't, isn't there a bluff in Buffy as well? Do they not stand on the bluff when they're watching the sunrise when Angel... Do they call it a bluff? I think so. Oh, okay. And okay. I think the they call it a bluff where they're like, um, the chair, when like Willow tries to kill everybody that's it that's oh when the bluff is in it the... as well yeah yeah Ooh, i'm gonna google it just in case a bluff is a small rounded cliff that usually overlooks a body of water or where a body of water once stood okay so there you go specifically helps oh. if it overlooks a lake or something which makes sense so then lyra asks to get off and walk when they like slow down um and they're admiring like, the grace and the power of how the malefa move they then have to like hop back on to get to the village because they're like Mary's close, Mary's close, and then they see the like huts and the things like that, the village down below. Again, that would be cute on the Malefa ride. You'd like ride to a bit, yeah. you'd get off in one part, you get to wander around Malefa land and like stroke some like Malefa and stuff, and then you'd get back on and do like the faster part of the ride. Hell yeah. To go down the hill to Mary. It would be very cute. Although when you were like, Oh, I think that ride would be like really fun. It did, like, because this next bit where they go really, really fast and it's like Will and Lyra clung tight with hands and knees and felt the air whip past their faces and fling their hair back and press on their eyeballs. It reminded me of Six Flags, it, like, the first ride we went on, which was fucking horrific. And I was like, it maybe... It both want to die. <laughs> yeah. I was like, maybe I wouldn't like this. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we're too old for the, maybe we're too too old for the theme park we're inventing. But yeah. also that's fine because we'll just make the middle of the theme park can be a really nice carousel, and yeah. there'll be like a really slow moving one that you can just hop on and hop off. It doesn't even stop; it just carries on. Yeah. And there's got like polar bears and balloons yeah. and hares and all the different demon animals as like animals on the carousel that you can ride, and it would be cute. Really cute. You'd catch me at the find just, me at the lazy river. That's where I'll be. Yeah, just gentle roller coasters only, yes. please. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Oh, then we get like Lyra and Mary and Will all meeting again. And it's very sweet. And there's one bit that I want to read, which I love so much. So I love it so much. So uh, we have like Mary and Lyra hugging, kissing. Obviously, Mary and Will have never met. So Mary kissed Lyra warmly and then came forward to welcome Will. And then came a curious little mental dance of sympathy and awkwardness which took place in a second or less. Moved by compassion for the state that they were in, Mary first meant to embrace him as well as Lyra. But Mary was grown up and Will was nearly grown and she could see that that kind of response would have made a child of him because while she might have embraced a child, she would never have done, uh, she would never have done that to a man she didn't know. So she drew back mentally, wanting, wanting above... Or, sorry, wanting above all to honour this friend of Lyra's and not cause him to lose face. So instead, she held out her hand and he shook it, 
and a current of understanding and respect passed between them so powerful they became liking at once and each of them felt that they had made a lifelong friend as indeed they had Ooh. oh i love it when like phil gives us like we've talked about this before but when he gives us those, like tiny hints into the future because like we know from literally four words that will and mary are going to be friends for life and that's so nice yeah it's so nice yeah. it's so nice i appreciate that mary is doing her best being a safe space mm-hmm. um that we've seen so far like she's doing such a good job of like assessing assessing the situation and being exactly what the kids need in this moment and it's so lovely yeah like i love it part of me does just want her to give him a big hug yeah. and a big squish but like we'll get there i'm yeah. sure he'll get a proper hug at some point um, yeah and she's yeah. just so respectful and i think that such a she's such a great judge of character because us knowing will as he sometimes can be we know him to be a very sweet boy but he can sometimes be a little bit standoffish just because of the way that he's grown up and what he's had to deal with in his life so far. So maybe mm-hmm. that would have pushed Mary further away from him if she had gone in like that immediately. Yeah, yeah. it's so sweet. Oh, oh, Mary. And it's so nice. And I just love the way that Lyra is like, what are you doing? It's just everything. Mm-hmm. Everything is so perfect for just like the moment. And it's just lovely. They bring out cushions and all sorts and they get all set up with a really cute little picnic that sounds really tasty but Will and Lyra can't eat it because they're so hungry that they can't like stomach anything that isn't just plain. That's also like a really interesting uh, thing to include because it's probably again not something that you think about if you know in in like Mm. books like this don't think about how once very normal and natural things can become very um difficult especially food because it makes total sense they've been through so much Mm. and they've barely eaten anything for however fucking long it's been that it probably would make you sick Mm -hmm. or would make you at least feel nauseous if you were then like trying to shove food down your face because she was so hungry yeah but again like it's so nice that she's not like she Mm -hmm. doesn't push them to eat more like they're not being made to feel like oh no we're in company we've got to eat everything out of politeness like it's very it's just very safe and there's a little moment here as well where it says mary managed to avoid asking any questions these two had passed through an experience that had marked them deeply and they didn't want to talk about it yet and the fact that she can feel that and that she leaves that space and she's like i'm not going to ask any questions i'm not saying i'm i will they can ask me as many questions as they want i'm going to ask nothing of them like i'm unless they volunteer information i'm not i'm not pushing them because i can Mm. tell they've been through it and it's like we love you for that, Mary. So respectful. Such a safe space. So emotionally intelligent. So respectful. Just so lovely. Mm-hmm. So Mary tells the kids to get some sleep and then she goes off for a little chat with the towel. Yeah, she does. I love this. I love this chat between them. My favourite bit of it is obviously we, we're very... It's very interesting that um, a towel brings up like, well, how do you know that they're different sexes? Mm-hmm. And Mary's... Because it is very interesting, isn't it? Because obviously they're still children, maybe on the brink of puberty. So the mm. the physical tellers of sex, I guess, aren't there. So it's very interesting that Mary's just like, oh, you know, like there are differences in like the way that they move and things like that. I'm like, that's very interesting. Yeah, it's um, their bodies are different shapes. They move differently. Yeah, it's interesting the way that Mary describes it, it's not, it's not down to any 
actual physicality. Yeah, I love Mary's description of it, the upfrontness of it. I also love the way that they talk about how they are younger because Atal is adorable and also giving like a little bit of shade which is I think very sweet um because she Atal says they're not much smaller than you but they have less strap when will that come to them and Mary says I don't know I suppose sometime soon I don't know when it happens to us and Atal just goes no wheels she's proper sympathetically just like sweet stupid babies yeah (laughs) it's really funny when she says that she's like oh no wheels for them Oh yeah, just babies. They're just babies. <laughs> they're just babies. They are. They are. They're just kids. They are. It's very are. sweet. It's interesting here that Mary then talks to Atal about knowing that the kids were coming. And she gets like really embarrassed about the fact that it was through a dream. Because at first she, because Mary, um, Atal's like, oh, was it through your sticks, me and the eating? And she's embarrassed mm-hmm. about that, but she's actually even more embarrassed that it came to her through a, a dream. Night pictures, I think you mean. <laughs> yes, sorry, sorry, yes, night pictures. Which is interesting because, like, it does, it's nice to be reminded of Mary's, like, science background that can sometimes also cloud her judgment because she's very much like, she's been so open-minded throughout all of this when she is a a person of science who maybe wouldn't Mm. usually believe in any of this stuff. But it's it's not nice to know, but it's it's a nice little character reminder that that's still there within her and it hasn't disappeared altogether. Yeah, that she's still able to kind of like surprise herself. Yeah. Because we kind of had this moment when she was like, bemused when the dust was telling her it was angels and all that kind of thing Mm -hmm. um and it's that it's that no no i'm not a nun anymore moment like no no i don't believe in any of that stuff and then like no you're in the middle of a massive like metaphysical story here mary unfortunately dreams are prophetic now yeah yeah exactly yeah and she so mary started having prophetic dreams which is interesting she tells Atal yeah. about them and Atal's like I don't understand because she's like oh it was a voice and it was like a woman that was old but also not old and Atal's like what the fuck are you on about girl how, how is this how does this work crazy human dreams yes also I can't remember what the what make like means is it a metaphor I thought so yeah, yeah. but what Mary's describing isn't no. particularly metaphorical so I no. wonder if she just kind of gives up on describing it and it's just like yeah yeah yeah, maybe, maybe. And then Etal asks, like, well, will they stop the dust from leaving? And Mary's like, I ain't got a clue, but I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. And then we go on to the nighttime drama portion. Nighttime drama, <laughs> love it, yes. Yeah. So in the evening, they've all been chilling out for the day. It sounds like a very nice day. Will and Lyra have basically slept all afternoon and they're just kind of getting up for dinner. Very teenager of them. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. Yeah. There's a group of Malefa that come up looking agitated or excited or anxious. The kids can't tell, but Mary knows they're agitated. And Mary's got to go. They've found something. It's about an hour's ride away. So Mary just leaves the kids. Yeah. To chill with the Malefa, to hang out with towel. So it's all right. Atal's got them, and Atal speaks some words of their language. So they should be they should be fine. Yeah, for and sure. Mary goes off on a nighttime ride that again sounds like a great roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> yes, maybe there's a daytime and nighttime version of our Malefa roller coaster. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they're they're like rushing to get there. 
they've heard that there's this thing that they want Mary to see. Um, and when they get, we get like a, a like quite a long description of them traveling. But when they actually get there, because when I was reading this, I was like, oh god, like I wonder, I wonder what it is. Like, is it like the horrible birds? Is it like Father Gomez? Because we know like he's lingering around. And I was like, oh yeah, it's the it's the window, it's the land of the dead. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking the same. I was like, oh, has Farmer Gomez like dropped a gun and they found a gun? Like, what's happening? And yeah. No, no. It's just it's just the ghost window, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. It's like, oh, yeah. thank God. It's not it's not drama. It's just it's just that, that nice thing the kids did. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Mary is shooketh, though. Mary felt as if the ground had given way beneath her. She caught herself with a start and seized the nearest branch for reassurance that there was still a physical world and she was still part of it. She moved closer. Old men and women, children and babes in arms, humans and other beings too, more and more thickly they came out into the dark, into the solid moonlight and vanished. And she like gets close enough to them and when they touch her she feels the chill of cold that we remember from when Lyra and Will were in the world of the dead. Mm -hmm. And it's very sweet. And she's just... Mary's just having her world rocked every other second. I love that she like like first she's having to believe in prophetic dreams, yeah. then she's having to believe in ghosts. Yeah. Like, I love that she it's all grabs onto on. the tree. It really makes me laugh. Like she's so shooketh. Fully. <laughs> um, I also really like the bit that you just read out. I like the next bit too, so I'm just going to read that as well. Um, that was the strangest thing. They took a few steps in the world of grass and air and silver light and looked around their faces transformed with joy mary had never seen such joy and held out their arms as if they were embracing the whole universe and then as if they were made of mist or smoke they simply drifted away becoming part of the earth and the dew and the night breeze i just love all the descriptions we get of people leaving the land of the dead while the ghosts leave in the land of the dead yeah they're all so nice they're all so wholesome they're also yeah. joyful yeah and then we get this wonderful mm-hmm. moment because um, some of them obviously hold together a little bit longer yeah. than others, just like how Lee and Joffrey did. Um, and one of the ghosts, an old woman, comes towards her and speaks to Mary and she says, tell them stories. That's what we didn't know. All this time we never knew. But they need the truth. That's what nourishes them. You must tell them true stories and everything will be well. Everything. Just tell them stories. So great. And that was all. Then she was gone. And I love it. I love that this is the the kicking off of our um, tagline for the podcast moment. It's like, we're almost there. I mean, our quote isn't a full direct quote no. anyway. No. But yes, love it. Love, love, love. Did we get um, Stinky Tits? Didn't she say something about Tell Them Stories as well? I can't I believe remember. believe so, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> we're really getting it like driven in to us. In case you didn't know, it's important. Tell them stories. Yes, yes. <laughs> the next bit. I love so much. Um, So I'll read it first. So that was all. And then she was gone. It was one of those moments when we suddenly recall a dream that we've unaccountably forgotten. And back in a flood comes all the emotion we felt in our sleep. It was a dream she tried to describe to Etel, the night picture. But as Mary tried to find it again, it dissolved and drifted apart, just as these presences did in the open air. The dream was gone. So I have never heard anyone describe that before and I experience it so much when you have a dream and you wake up and you're like that was a significant dream or whatever I want to think more about that dream and then it just like dissolves from your brain like a sieve and like you can feel the like parts of this thing that you're trying to think about literally dissolve away and it's one of the weirdest sensations Mm -hmm. ever like I and I've never heard it described. Yeah. And the harder you try to like piece it together, the more you know that you're yes. doing it wrong. Like and it's like, oh, I think it was about this, and you're like, no, 
oh and now i'm further from knowing yeah, what it was it just about. like falls out of your head like it's so strange and i've never heard it described like that before i've never heard it described before but the interesting bit yeah. about this and what i like is the last line of this where it's like all that was left was the, was the sweetness of that feeling and the injunction to tell them stories no yeah oh mm-hmm. mary it feels like another moment like it's another set of instructions that she has as this like servant figure um she already knew she had to like follow follow the windows follow the sticks she's just been kind of following these signs that have been given to her really and this is this is the most important one Mm -hmm. so far um, and it feels that way because we've had it reiterated multiple times in different ways throughout this like second yeah. bit of this chapter um, and the fact that she yeah she just like to herself is just like oh tell them stories it's like she's like noted yeah. noted I shall oh I will actually <laughs> pop a pin in that don't you worry <laughs> you want stories I got stories <laughs> yes yeah but that that is that's the end of the chapter yeah it was a really nice, chilled chapter. I appreciate it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. It was very chill. Um, hopefully more chill chapters to come. Yes. Do you want to know what the name of the next chapter is? Is I would love to. The next chapter is chapter 33, Marzipan. Ooh. Interesting. Yes. Very nice. Interesting. Not a big fan of Marzipan. Too... No, me neither. Is it almondy? It's too almondy yeah. for me. Not a fan. Mm. Um, speaking of the next chapter though we will be having a very special guest on for the next yes. episode so don't forget to tune in because it will be the first we're coming towards the end of the third book and it'll be the first time we've ever had a guest on for a full book chapter so that's so exciting yeah. <laughs> yes we are so looking forward to it and yes you have to tune in next time to see who it is yes we're just gonna keep teasing it so yes. excited yes. it's gonna be yes. so yes. much yes. fun yes. <laughs> oh I'm so excited I'm so excited do you have an award to give out yes i'm going to give my award this week to mary queen of the safe space queen of the listening ear and the knowing what to do oh oh my god cannot give an award to the kids despite how knackered they are because they just i forgot to mention this mid-chapter so i'm bringing it up right now before i forget do it do it they just like hopped on the malefa and rode for a really really long time away from where their demons are oh shit yeah they did i didn't even think of that right the chapter does a really good job of like bobbing you along with will and lyra just going with the flow but they like leave where they slept overnight and they thought the demons were close-ish to Uh just go with this motorbike gang oh yeah like fuck they're just leaving them again without really thinking about it like they discuss where they are they say they're nearby they're safe well if they're nearby and they're safe you should stay nearby and safe too god yeah it's interesting isn't it they're clearly just getting used to not having them around yeah it's weird i don't like it i wish there was some like anguish of them being like oh but what if the demons can't find us and and then they're like oh we'll leave a note in the sand with like an arrow pointing to where we're headed because like we don't know what to do or something so leave them a note (laughs) oh yeah fuck oh bless them yeah oh anyway 
besides not giving an award to those kids, I am giving it to Mary for being <laughs> a great host, a great host and a lovely listener. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my award is also for Mary because it just couldn't be for anyone else. Just the way that she obviously interacted with Will and Lyra, but just her introduction to Will and how she dealt with that. I just, yeah, she just deserves that award for sure. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Mary. She's the sweet science mom. We love her. Mm-hmm. Honey, honey crucible mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's the symbols for Mary. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, we, as, as you all probably know, we have ended the review competition, but please do carry on leaving us reviews as it really, really does help us, uh, you know, get noticed. It helps more people find us. So, it is really helpful. Um, we are in the process of emailing people um to let you know if you've won um so keep an eye on your inboxes because you should hopefully either have already had an email or will have an email come in to you soon if you are one of the lucky people that's won yeah because you need to reply to let us know your address so we can post you good things in the post yes yeah yeah. very exciting and yeah don't don't stop recommending us to friends don't stop leaving reviews we love all of them and they really really help us and the other thing that really really helps us is buying some merch and the other thing that really really helps us is becoming a patron we love all those things they help support the podcast and help us do fun stuff and the closer and closer we get to the end of the book the more and more like mushy i'm feeling about everything and everyone so yes (laughs) yeah for sure like all that stuff really helps and you know just thank you for coming on this journey with us like it's been so lovely i'm not going to say too much now because like you like you said i'm I'm feeling i'm I'm getting feelings about approaching the end of the book and i don't want to say all my feelings about it before we actually finish like yeah so i'm like (laughs) just know we appreciate you all very much and we'll go more into it yeah 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 Yes. Waiting for a more appropriate time to let the let the floodgates open. Yes. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Her Dark Materials. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HDMPod. And you can email us at herdotmaterialspod at gmail.com. You can also visit our website at hdmpod.co.uk. If you want to support us, you can become a patron at patreon.com forward slash hdmpod. We also have a shop where you can buy merch featuring all original artwork from Rich. You can find it at hdmpod.co.uk forward slash shop. I'm fit, and when I'm not talking about the queen of emotional intelligence, Mary, you can find me talking about Paramore on my other podcast, Still Into You. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts and find us on Twitter and Instagram at Still Into You Pod. I'm Rachel, and when I'm not here chatting to you lovely folks about all of my ideas for the HDM Land theme park, I'm making cute and magical arty things. You can find me over on Instagram at Rachmakes, on Twitter and TikTok at Rach underscore makes, and over on my online shop, rachmakes.co.uk. The theme music for the podcast was written and produced by Johnny Knott. And we'll see you in two weeks' time. And don't forget, keep telling stories, and all will be well.
拜拜拜拜拜拜拜拜。